Morning, church. It is indeed a joy to be worshiping our God together as we gather in God's house, whether we are connected here physically or whether you are worshiping with us online. Amen? As we come with our hearts open, ready to give God praise, it is indeed, as we said, a joy to be able to come together in safety and in peace and praise our God's name. My name is Scott. I'm part of the pastoral team here at Pendleton Center United Methodist Church, and it is indeed my personal pleasure to extend a welcome to all of us, all of you who are worshiping with us online today. We are currently in a series called Holy Vessels as we continue our Lenten journey, and we are talking about the ways in which this season offers us an opportunity to be healed, to be put back together after a year of so much brokenness, so much pain, so much loss. And so we do come today as we celebrate some good news. We had another great uh, day of fish fries. We sold 180 over this past Friday, so it's been great work by uh, Carl and the team, and so we are all thankful for that. And now, as we gather and as we take a pause, catch our breath, let's center ourselves as we enter into this time of prayer as we go to our Lord together. Let us acknowledge our need to restore, repair, and renew our holy and broken selves, especially this cracked and weary world in which we live, earth and sky, wind and water, humanity in all our wonder and strangeness. Let's pray together. Life-giving God, in the beginning you created this universe. You said, let it be, and it became. It was formed at your word. You set us among these wonders and invited us to care for and honor all that you had created. We find it so hard sometimes to answer that call to care, to protect, and protect. We sometimes look at the bigness of the world and find ourselves overwhelmed by the needs. We cannot calm the storms, find the shelters, or food or care for all that you have created for us. Forgive us when we think there is nothing that we can do, that our small pieces of care are too small. Forgive us our disregard or sense of being unimportant as stewards of what you have given us. Help us, healer. Show us both the ways to care, to chart a different course. Forgive our inaction. Move us towards greater care for all that you've given us in this world and in one another. Amen. Know this. Jesus does ask us to do hard things to make changes, because Jesus knows that we are capable, no matter what. We can be vehicles of healing, healing of home, of heart, of earth and sky. The calm of Christ, the grace of Christ, is available for you, for me, and for all. Know this that in the name of Jesus Christ, your sins, no matter what they are, have been forgiven. And in the... 
Amen. Good morning, everyone. I have some good news to share with all of you. Uh, the church has decided that um, we're going to take another step forward, and we're going to say that we can sing. Now, we're not going to do big, bold singing, but we can sing, quietly singing, with our masks still on. So I invite you to stand, if you're able, as we sing together, Be Still My Soul.
Good morning. It's good to be with you on another glorious day. Um, you know, for all we've been through, I think we deserve as many of these as possible. Just crank the temperature up a little bit and get those flowers going and it'll be great. Um, speaking of hopes and wishes, our uh, mission moment is about Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, if you're not familiar with Make-A-Wish, it's an organization that helps um, children and youth who are dealing with a tragic situation, illness, a variety of things, and helps them to do something that they've always dreamed of doing, um, but has not been able to happen either because of their illness or whatever the case may be. Um, it's a near and dear mission, and I hope that, that you will consider supporting it. There's envelopes out uh, by the box. A um, variety of ways to give um, our offerings online, in person, send a check, um, those kinds of things. Uh, you can send cash as long as it's in an envelope. Um, that'd be great. Any kind of envelope with your name on it. Um, so we are here to worship. I do want to take a special uh, moment and welcome uh, part of Scott's family who is here to be with us this morning. And so hopefully after worship you will make them uh, welcome um, as they prepare to head off to First Church for uh, their worship service there. So it's really good to have you. Thank you. Let us be in an attitude of thanksgiving because we're here, because we have breath within us, because we woke up this morning, because God made us. And no matter how we feel, any day of the day or week or month or year or decade, God gives thanks for us, so let us give thanks to God.
Holy God, we pray thanks to you for your many blessings, the incredible outpouring of your love. We give thanks to you, gratitude in our heart, and we give back to you that these gifts may be transformed into blessings for others, that they too may experience your love, your grace, and your peace. Blessed to be a blessing, Lord, as we give back to you, to honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. So we gather together as a community of faith knowing that God is always with us, but God is gathered with us here to hear the cries on our hearts, the cries we give up to God, God who grieves the brokenness that we experience within ourselves, the pain we experience within ourselves and with others, the brokenness in our world, God who grieves the hatred and the violence in this world. And so we come to God, who is love and peace and grace. Let us open our hearts to him in prayer. Won't you pray with me? Oh God, we come before you, knowing that you are good and you are holy. And we ask that you would show us the things in our lives that you would like to transform into your image, the things that we need to walk more fully into your image. Lord, we pray for a transformation of our minds and of our hearts that we may grow closer and closer to you. We pray for healing in souls, healing in hearts, healing of minds. We pray for transformation through your son, Jesus Christ. We pray for your healing presence to be among us and through us, Lord, in this world. That people will be restored, redeemed, made whole. Lord, we pray for your peace to come upon us all, that we may be peacemakers. We pray that your grace will come upon us all, that we will be, have grace-filled responses to others. And we pray that you will fill us so with, our, with your Holy Spirit, that you will give us your eyes to see, your ears to hear, that we will receive all others as people made in your image and those of sacred worth. Lord, we pray for healing in every area of our life, the brokenness of this world that has caused damage in us and with others. Lord, we pray for healing in bodies as they experience pain and disease. Lord, we pray for healing touch to be upon them. We pray for healing, Lord, in people's relationships, that if there be anything broken, that you would have grace fill them up. Cover them in forgiveness. Fill them with openness to one another that healing may occur through you. Lord, we pray for people who are struggling with needing healing in their minds that you will transform minds with your healing touch. That they will be set free from any brokenness. Lord, we pray that you will continue to fill us Lead us, guide us. Lord, we pray for our church, 
that you will continue to fill us up and lead us in this world to bring others to you. We pray for our families, that you will fill our families with your grace and your peace. And Lord, as we receive your blessings, as we receive your grace, give us a boldness to move forward, to bring those blessings and that grace to others, that this world may be transformed in your image by your name. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today's scripture is from the book of Matthew, chapter 8, verses 18 through 27. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So good morning again, church. Give me I didn't knock my mic loose here. <laughs> Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, we are so grateful to be in your presence. We have sung your praises. We have prayed together. We have heard your word. And now, Lord, we come praying that you would plant a seed in us, a seed that will grow and bear fruit for the honor and glory of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. 
So again, just a reminder, we are in this series during the season of Lent called Holy Vessels. Holy Vessels. And over this past year where we have seen so much brokenness, so much pain, so much loss, this is an opportunity to concentrate during this season on healing and restoration, healing and recovery. So today I want us to talk a little bit about this notion of brokenness. When our brokenness speaks, when our brokenness speaks. So to set the tone a little bit, I'm going to tell a story. Not a story that's a really uh, uplifting story, but I think it's a story you can relate to. So I'm making dinner a while ago. And one of my favorite pans to use is a big old cast iron skillet. And I'm in the kitchen doing my thing, and there's multiple pans happening, and then got to worry about feeding dogs and all this other stuff as well. And so while all this is happening simultaneously, what's in the cast iron is ready. So I look up, I see it's done, I can sense it's done, and in the middle of doing all this stuff, those of you who know your way around the kitchen and know what cast iron is like can probably see where this is headed. <laughs> so I go over. And I want to take the cast iron off the burner. Now, of course, those of you who remember your basic chemistry or know your way around a kitchen, without a potholder can probably figure out what happens. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Felt like my whole hand just exploded right off the end of my arm. And I'm so grateful for the way that your brain has that one section that moves faster than the other section. <laughs> because I had already let go. But see, the key here is that, let's just say, very unpastor-like word escaped <laughs> during that time. <laughs> yeah, we're among friends, so I can, we can be honest. <laughs> very un, very, very not pastorly thing came out of my mouth. And so, y'all can relate. <laughs> We've all been there. That sometimes you hit one of those things, you step on something, you trip over something, but then all of a sudden you don't have time for your filter to drop. And all of a sudden it comes and flying out, right? <laughs> Just comes flying right out. See, the thing about those moments is that, as I said, you don't have time to let your filter drop. <laughs> and so the cuteness, the politeness, all those sorts of things, just gone. And so we say what's exactly on our hearts. And that pain is when in the day, the pain is what comes out. Whatever words you use, it's the pain that's speaking. Now let's remember that pain is not the only thing that does that. Like if you get a good jolt, if you get scared, something comes around a corner or something surprises you out of the dark, you will do the same thing. Very undisciple-like word probably escaped from your lips. Because the filter has not had a chance to activate, doesn't have a chance to catch up with what's coming out of your heart, what's coming out of your mouth. We all do it. We're among friends. <laughs> it's okay. But what I want us to think about is those times. Because there's something very powerful in understanding and recognizing what goes on in those times. Because if you don't have time to let your filter fall in, we're dealing with what's really going on inside you. Kind of catching that more true, honest vision of what's really happening. 
And I wanted us to think about that today because when stuff comes out of us without that filter on, it's usually pretty telling. And in the story that we are reading today, we get a sense of what happens when we let our brokenness do our talking. We get a sense of letting that not the filtered version come out, but that true sense of what's really going on with us when the day. So let's go into the story. And let's remember where we are. Okay, so we're in Matthew chapter 8. We're starting our reading at verse 18, but we need to appreciate a little bit of what's happened before now. So remember, during this series, we've talked about these stories as well. Matthew 8 opens up with Jesus healing a leper. Pastor Kathy talked about that. Okay? We also hear about the healing of the centurion. We also hear about the healing of Peter's mother-in-law from that fever. And then the people bring other folks to Jesus who are sick and who are demon-possessed. Okay? And in fact, just before this, and it's important you catch this as we get into our reading. In verse 16, what you see is that when the evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him. And he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Okay? But you need to hear that because when we start at verse 18, it opens with when Jesus saw the crowd around him. Okay? So you need to have that setting because that's what's happening. People are bringing everybody in town to get healed. So it says when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross the other side. So they're leaving this village, and Jesus wants to go across the lake to a different village, okay? And after the days had, you can understand why, right? <laughs> Done a lot of good work this day, and now you've got a whole town of people crowded outside Peter's house. And he's been healing in all these different ways. But we're going to get this scene where either they're on their way to the boat... Or they're just getting in the boat. And then all of a sudden, this teacher of the law speaks up. Teacher of the law speaks up. And he says, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus responds, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Seems a bit harsh, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, why would Jesus say that? But you've got to understand it because what Matthew lets us in on is that this is a teacher of the law. And what that means for some of us who may not have taken that deep a dive behind the verse is that this person was a scribe. We hear that word in other parts in Scripture. This person was a scribe. And what that means is he was one of the folk who worked at the temple or at the synagogue, and he would regularly translate documents. He was a teacher, hence teacher of the law. And he would have probably apprenticed under another scribe or others. And here's the key, is that he would have been used to a certain lifestyle. He would have been used to being at the synagogue. He would have been used to having a nice plate of food on his table. He would have been used to living pretty comfortably. And so, he experiences this moment, though, 
where after having heard Jesus teach, after having seen Jesus work, something inside him is saying, I think I'm supposed to go with him. That the spirit is drawing him somehow. That in the presence of Jesus, he knows that something is calling. And so as he sees Jesus and the disciples getting into the boat, he wants to join. Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. But see, Jesus being Jesus, sees this man and says, foxes have dens. Birds have nests. The Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So, you, friend, you who are used to that nice house that you sit in, you who are used to this nice place where you teach, do you understand that what we do is we're out here in these fields, we're out here in these streets with lepers. We're going over here and we're touching the unclean. We're going over here and we're talking to people that most folk in the synagogue don't want to deal with because they are children of God as well. And that's where we're doing our work. Are you ready for that? Foxes have dens. Birds have nests. The son of man has nowhere to lay his head. And this poor dude, (laughs) he hears that. And despite what's going on in his spirit, despite what's going on in his heart, he's like, "Eh." (laughs) I wasn't expecting that. I mean, I'm me. (laughs) But I'm guessing since we don't hear from him again, we can pretty much figure out his choice. Second guy shows up. Coming behind the other one or just lost in the crowd somewhere. And he says, Lord, let me first go bury my father. Now this is a big deal. You got to remember the cultural setting we're in. First, as a good young Jewish boy... He would have heard that commandment that we all know. Honor your father and mother. He would have known that. He would have heard that. He's trying to live that. You also got to understand some other things about the culture. Because to not bury a body in this culture was to dishonor it. Was to say, this is person that we don't value at all. So now, he's crying out to Jesus. He says, I want to come, but I got to do this first. And it's not like a little thing. That's what I want you to hear. It's not a little thing he's talking about doing. But Jesus says, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Again, it's like, whoa, Jesus, that just seems so hard. (laughs) It seems so hard. But here's the thing. What he's trying to reach out to this young man and say is that what's going to matter to you? What's going to be most important 
to you today. Not just today, but every day. Is something going to come up to you that's going to matter more to you than following me? Is there always going to be another emergency at home? Is there always going to be something else that you got to go do that's going to keep you from following where I'm leading? And so here's this man. Lord, I'll come, but... Lord, I'll come, but. Follow me. And let the dead bury their own dead. The Spirit is calling to you. The Spirit is speaking to you. And you know that life is coming up, bubbling up inside you. You are on the verge of taking this important step. And yet, you're going to tell me there's something more important. And again, odds are that since we don't hear from this person again, we can probably surmise his choice. Now we end up on this other story, this other story that we are all pretty familiar with. Disciples are in the boat, and we're talking about experienced boatsmen, people who would have been on this lake regularly. Remember, half of them made their living fishing. So they knew this lake. They knew what they were doing in a boat. We get out here, and all of a sudden, they're getting tossed around. There's a storm that scares them, and that's the piece I want you to notice. This storm scares them, okay? So they're in the boat. They're doing their thing, and the waves are lapping over the sides. They're doing what they do. And what's interesting about this whole interchange, you know, I'm sitting here, and I'm reading it, it's, and what got me about it is they don't actually call Jesus to help. I want you to think about that for a minute. So we got these experienced boatsmen. They're doing their thing, but listen to what they say. They don't say, hey, we could use, your, we could use a hand. They don't say that. <laughs> they say, how about you get up and help in the back end or something? They don't say that. It says that the disciples went and woke Jesus, saying, Lord, save us. Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Huh. Again. So Jesus wakes up. Remember, he's had quite the day. (laughs) So Jesus is asleep in the boat. And one of the things that always needs to hit us a little harder, something I think we regularly as disciples need to be reminded of, is that the storm and the wind and the waves have freaked out the disciples, but they never freak out Jesus. Jesus is never afraid of the storm. Jesus stands up and he looks at the crew and he says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Remember, the storm is happening when he says this. You have a little faith. Why are you so afraid? And then he calms the wind and the waves. He calms the wind and the waves. 
And here's the thing that I think is most telling, is that the disciples in that cry, remember what they cried. They didn't say, hey, could you give us a hand? They said, Lord, save us, and he does. But when you get on the other side, it says, they were amazed. And it's hard to put those two together, right? If you're going to call to Jesus and say, Lord, save me, and when he does, you get surprised, you could see that he was exactly right. You of little faith. <laughs> you of little faith. If you didn't think I could do this, why would you even ask? <laughs> you of little faith. Why are you so afraid? So what does all this mean, church? I want us to take a minute and think about these three interchanges here as to what they say about who we are in terms of our faith, you see? Because each of these exchanges reveals this idea of what comes out of us when we are dealing with Christ. How the pain that we experience in the world, how our own brokenness makes us cry out at different times. And the things that makes us cry out, whether it's our pain, whether it's our desire for our own personal comfort, whether it's our desire to care more about what the world thinks of us than what Jesus is calling us to be and do. Whether there's some challenge in front of us that is big and huge and we think it's too big for me. And I even call on Jesus to help me with it and I get surprised that he does. What does the world make you cry out in times of surprise? What does the world bring out of you in times of challenge? When you don't have time to let your filter drop. You don't have time to think about it. When your pain speaks louder than your faith. When your fear speaks louder than your devotion. The thing that amazes us all is that time after time after time, it seems as though Jesus is being unkind. It feels like Jesus is being kind of cruel. But what Jesus is doing is he's reminding us that he knows exactly what's going on inside us. He looked into the eyes of that teacher of the law and he saw someone who didn't get that ministry is messy. That the idea of being out here and taking the word and the love of God to people who do not understand it is not some place to sit comfortably. He looked into the eyes of this would-be follower and reminded him, if you're going to follow me, other stuff can't always be more important than me. He looked into the eyes of those who had pledged to follow him, those who knew who he was, had seen him be exactly who he had promised he would be. And even after they had called him, they still doubted somewhere inside them they clearly did not expect him to be able to do what he did otherwise when he had done it they wouldn't have been so surprised at it what does your faith what does your pain what does your fear make you cry out 
So here's the thing. This season, these weeks, these 40 days of Lent, you have an opportunity. Every day you have this opportunity, but this season in particular, when we pay attention to this in a way we don't usually pay attention the rest of the year, because we think about sacrifice, we think about growth, we think about preparation. In these seasons when we are thinking about how might we be better people of faith, how might we grow in our own holiness, and we do it purposefully, know that every day Jesus knows what's going on with you. Jesus sees past all that superficial stuff and goes directly to the pain that's making you speak. And he wants you to move past it. He continually is trying to draw you further. He's continually saying, don't let that keep you from your healing. Don't let that keep you from the peace that I can give. Don't let it stop you from receiving exactly what you need from me. Don't let your brokenness win. Don't let it keep you stuck. Follow me. Follow me. It's a challenge we all face. We've been there. We're among friends. We know that there's times the pain wins. We know that there's times the fear wins. See, the thing is, we think the brokenness is what makes us cry out. See, in these stories, it's the brokenness that actually keeps people standing still. They couldn't do it. Jesus held out his hand, and they said they couldn't do it. Our hope is that we, now that we know, now that we've seen it in a different light, that we will say yes. That we will step into the invitation that Jesus is extending. And yes, sometimes his words land on us in a hard way. But remember, he's still inviting. Because underneath all of it was an invitation. Foxes have dens. But it's okay. You'll be with me. Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. No, you come with me. Don't be afraid of the storm. No matter how big it is, no matter how powerful it seems, no matter how overwhelming it feels, I'm with you. And I can handle this. Trust me. Don't let your brokenness speak for you. Follow and receive what he will give. Amen and amen. Gracious and loving God, you give us the opportunity for healing. You give us the opportunity for recovery. Even when our brokenness wins, you still extend your hand. Lord, each of us, as a precious and holy vessel you have made, has cracks. 
Each of us, as a holy vessel you have made, has brokenness. But Lord, in this season, after a year of so much loss and pain, you still extend your hand, asking us to step forward, to step past that which would hold us where we are, that which would keep us broken. Not just a temporary fix, not just a superficial comfort, but healing in its truest self, healing in its truest sense. Lord, give us the courage to say yes. Let us follow wherever you will lead. In the name of the most precious one, the one who leads us still, we pray. Amen. Throughout the generations, communion has been used by humans as both a tool of reclamation and reconciliation or rejection. In this, the United Methodist Church, in this, the Pendleton Center United Methodist Church, Jesus reaches out his hand and offers to all the sacrament of Holy Communion. As pastors, we have seen people stand in their brokenness and not come and receive because they consider themselves unworthy. There is no such person. This is one of those places where under non-COVID times, you would bring your broken selves right to the front and receive the gift of Holy Communion. So let us do that as we are for such a time as this. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you. In the beginning, you breathed life into raw materials, creating and animating containers of beauty and goodness. We, your holy vessels, were filed, fired in the kiln of love until we shined with your light. Susceptible to shattering, we find ourselves broken, unable at times to remember your promise of repair. You remind us time and again that though broken, we are held in your presence and made whole by your grace. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join in their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. 
holy are you and blessed is your son Jesus Christ. Holy you are for being a divine presence here on earth. Your spirit anointed him as a container of grace, preaching good news to the poor, proclaiming release to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, setting at liberty those who are oppressed, and announcing that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry and ate with those considered too broken for company. By the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection, you gave birth to the path of healing and recovery for all, delivered us from our despair and isolation, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When Jesus ascended, he promised... He promised to be with us always. In the power of your word and Holy Spirit, we, you and I, we are not alone. On the night on which he gave himself up for us, he took bread. He gave thanks to you and broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you, remembering my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you, for many, for all, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so... In remembrance of the healing, life-transforming acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. As we proclaim the mystery of faith, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here near and far. And on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us your healing spirit through Christ, so that we may be for the world the body of Christ, healing agents in a broken world, offering the lifeblood of hope. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast together at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, healing God, now and forever. Amen. Let us join in the prayer that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I invite you to take your masks off 
and open the side that has the little cracker. There are days when we are stuck in our brokenness. And Jesus says, come, take, eat my body broken for you. And there are days when our mistakes speak more to us than Jesus' forgiveness. So Jesus says, take this. My blood shed for you, for the forgiveness of all.
As you go into the world this week, know that your Lord continues to stand, extend his invitation. Grace upon grace, no matter what seems to escape from you, no matter what seems to flow out of you, his grace is sufficient and his invitation is open. Don't let your brokenness keep you from going where he will lead. Now in the name of God, our creator and king, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our savior, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, our counselor and our advocate, may God bless us now as we leave to love and serve God and all God's children. Amen.